We are semen, part-time shorties, and do you want to bumble with the B? You know that's right. It's episode 10, season 6 of this podcast and of Psych, and it starts right about mm, now. I've heard it both ways. 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 We're back, baby! Flawless uh, execution, by the way. I, I, was, Flawless. I, was, I was not the point prepared was for unbelievable. that. unbelievable. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Welcome to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. And riding shotgun in the blueberry with me, in the blueberry with me as always, is the fox trotting. Texas two-stepping, cha-chaing, woo, salsa shaking, samba balling, wobble dancing, son of a gun. He's having a hard time keeping those alligators down. Woo, Billy, my guy. How's it going? Hello, uh, we're back, dude. We nailed that open like that. That, that was point tremendous. was like the best point we've ever done. That was, and I was, and I was like, I could stop fucking laughing because I was not prepared for semen <laughs> right out of the gate. What's, what's on? We're semen. <laughs> You're semen right now. We got a clip that I wasn't prepared for semen. Is anybody really? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, even, even the professionals sometimes you got to see where you're coming from, you know? Right, right, right. Even the professionals don't see it coming every yeah. now and then. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And that and that's and that's the kind of humor you get when we, we, we take it some time off. But we're back, baby. Back and better than ever. How you doing, William? Fantastic. And, you know, I, sometimes, you know, um, you know, in the weightlifting community, not that like, I've lost a little. I haven't been able to work out in forever because I've just been back hurt and busy. But you know, they say like you take a few weeks off and then you go back and you're actually a little stronger. So you know, maybe that's what happened here. Harder, faster, quicker, stronger. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? So <laughs> we're back, and uh, this week we're discussing Psych Season Six, Episode Ten. Indiana Sean and the Temple of the Kind of Crappy Rusty Old Dagger. And it should be called Indiana Sean and the Temple of the Kind of Crappy Rusty Old Episode. Yeah, especially the yeah. ending. I know you have problems with the ending. Yeah. Uh there was, you know, so um real quick before we uh we, we, we get into uh you know the process and everything, like this is just an episode that I remember being really geeked up for. Uh, when I saw the commercials, when it was supposed to, when it was coming out, you know, new at the time, and then watching it and just going, mm-hmm. did I like that? Did I like that? Um, but uh, synopsis: Sean and Gus hired to watch what seems like just a wall. They get distracted, and of course, that is when someone breaks through the wall after stealing valuables inside. The search is on for a missing dagger. Terrible title of the show terrible synopsis no mention of pierre despero making a return yeah yeah like i mean granted he was in the commercials you know at the time but like not great not great let's 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 you know hit the sounder buddy let's just let's get into it yeah our process is this and sean will let you know usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle and then if there's time in between thundercats ho ho um so one positive thing that I'll say is that it is funnier than I remember it being because I remember there being zero redeeming qualities about this episode, but it's got some yucks. I think for the first two thirds of the episode, it is fairly, I say that I use that word loosely, fairly well-structured, but I do remember some lines that came back to me that I go, oh, I forgot about that. That's a good line, and 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 we we do get some good classic Seanness, if you will. Uh, but for being a Despero episode and being written and directed by uh, Steve Franks, um, this one like missed the mark by a country mile. Yeah, I think they just try to do too much sometimes with these episodes, not with the Despero ones, because the Despero ones in the past have been some of their finer work. Mm. Whereas in this one, when they introduce uh, Jacqueline Maderos or whatever her name is, yeah, she's like a big bad almost feel, but it doesn't come off that way. It's very like you don't know anything about her. Like I'm 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 on like the no fun doc train on this one where yeah, it's a fucking clouds, baby. Like when you're looking into the story, and like you're looking at the holes. And, you know, um, not to brag, but I've watched the uh, Aaron Sorkin masterclass, which I paid way too much for. But like, he would look at this episode and go, structure wise, not great. 
Okay, yeah. Bob. Yeah, there was. I mean, usually there's always going to be like if we really want to some nits to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, what we'll say, right, is like, okay, there was a couple like little holes or whatnot, but it's okay. We can overlook that because either the the general plot was really really good and the humor was great. Mm-hmm. Or the humor was so great that we can, you know, the plot was secondary to just the overarching, you know, comedy um, in the in the episode. And but this, I mean, the plot holes you could drive a fucking mech truck through, mm-hmm. right? Like three wide, you could drive them through. Mm-hmm. And the ending was so clunky, and this whole episode just felt, you know, uh, just clunky in general. Like everything about it, it was just a clunky fucking mess. square peg round hole episode. Yeah, and uh, like. I love the idea of doing a riff on Indiana Jones and having that be a Despero episode because I think that, you know, works really well uh, Mm -hmm. because they've done like the National Treasure type episode and like Despero fits this. They just like, I think it's one of those instances where they go, okay, we got a really great idea and it might have like sounded really good in all their heads, but like the execution of it, they're probably like, fuck, we tried to do too much. Uh, we got to rein this in now and, you know, just, you know, reality or whatever, you know, be, be damn. I'm willing to suspend disbelief as long mm-hmm. as it's engaging. But this was just like, wait, how did, well, that, that really, uh, it was just, it was just a bridge too far for Doc. Yeah. Week. I recently spoofed, I don't know if you saw it, a, um, a Pierre Despereau other movie, Carrie L's other movie, Saw. We did a little saw action over at DraftKings. And I will say, just undertaking a minute and 45 of written content, it's a lot. So I get it. But like, they get paid the big bucks. And I was expecting a little more when I realized, because watching this not live, watching this as a binge, and you realize it's a Despero episode, which have been some of the better episodes. And then it's such a letdown, especially coming off the high of the last episode, which. I think for us was one of our best mm. episodes to review and a lot of fun and not saying we can't have fun with a not so good episode, which I think we have done in the past, but it was just lacking and like, but like we don't, we don't ever like fully dump on, even though we kind of are right now, but like the, the yucks were there for a certain part. Like I'll just get to it now. The Gus and like, <laughs> Yeah, I got a, I got, what is it? I got one phone, one for each part-time shorty. Yeah, like, yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> Gus was pretty good in this episode. Gus was great. Sean was great. Despero Sean was great. was mediocre. Uh, everyone else was fairly mediocre in mm-hmm. this, right? Medeiros, right? Uh, like, oh, she the, was the tour guide. I loved the tour guide. <laughs> I, I, well, I will say this about the tour guide, Billy. Uh, sort of like uh, Frau Vick, uh, bit of oh, a yeah. minxiner, bit mm-hmm. of a minxiner, you know, even though she was uh, she was cracking the proverbial whip, if you will. And just um, a quick, quick aside, <laughs> I ripped through season one just doing graphics over the last like two weeks. And when you get to Sh- Sherry Scary's Bianca's Toast, do you know who makes the appearance in that episode? Your favorite person? She's got an award named after her. Oh Jesus Christ, Billy! Goochberg. Oh God, God, it's a Goochberg episode. Like, oh, that's right. You gotta go back. I I encourage all of our fans to go back and watch that episode because, like, we talk about her all the time. (laughs) But until you rewatch it and really let her sit, she is fucking. I forgot that that's the episode that she was (laughs) in. She is. I mean, she is an absolute. Tour de force, William. Just everything about her is just fucking lightning in a goddamn <laughs> bottle, it's you know. So and and the best is the way that her and Lassie play off each other. Uh, the yeah. victim Goochberg. <laughs> yeah. She's just she's the type of broad. I think we said this at the time that you go into any dive bar in Everett, Malden, South Boston, wherever you're going to see a broad like her just just oh, belly up to the bar. Yeah, oh yeah, right. It just, 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 just a, a, a salt of the earth, just no nonsense, just, uh, just absolutely and, fantastic. And that tour guide gave me maybe not Goocheberg vibes, but they do really well with casting a strong female, like take no prisoners. Yeah. And when she's like, uh, 
I already took them. I already disposed of them. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. whatever snack he had, they killed me. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then whatever outfit she had, I mean, did oh. it. I mean, just, just oh, yeah. you know, just, just scratch Doc right, right where he itched. Um, there's creams for that, I know. Um, but so this this episode, like I said, it just uh well let's not let's not harp on let's just we'll just get to it because they're like I, I do feel like the first third, maybe two-thirds of the episode, really. Um, like the structure's there, the, the bones are there, the idea is like great. They just they just fucking, you know, it was a spirit, you know, spirit jet landing. It just fucking <laughs> ooh, not great, Bob. Yeah. Uh, but the episode, no flashback scene, which we haven't been getting. Um, oh, before I get there to that. There was a flashback, wasn't there? It was him dumping the turtle. Was it? I, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. I, I maybe Because I just... he's dealing with death and he can't deal with death. And in the flashback, oh. he has to say goodbye to, I think it's, I wrote it right. down, Lizardy. Yes, it's a lizard. That's right. Um, and like that just shows you Sean has a tough time coping with death. So it wasn't yeah. a bad setup. It was actually very right. useful to set yeah. up the plot. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I should have added that. Uh, but real quick, I mentioned earlier before writer director uh, Steve Franks uh, standout guest stars. We got two. We've mentioned Despero, Carrie Ells, uh, but also one of my favorites, John Rise Davies, Chrissy Holm, who plays Chris Holm, the museum curator. You may know him from Raiders of the Lost Ark, but you may also know him as your favorite dwarf, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Holy yeah. shit. Wow, yeah. he's also the voice of Treebeard, right? Wow, um, that that that's my boy. That's my that's my people. We are natural sprinters. Our talents are <laughs> wasted on distances. Um, so the episode <laughs> kicks off, uh, you know, in the psych office. And what I did like was that this episode really picked up right where at the end of the last episode, where we saw Gus being, you know, very perturbed at Sean when he found out that he was going to propose. Mm -hmm. And then we see them, you know, in the office and, and, you know, Gus has a hair across his ass and Sean's just trying to like justify and tell him why. And, and we sort of get, you know, commitment phobe shot here, trying to make, you know, these excuses. And, um, and, and, and but this was, this was a good little moment. And so, you know, some <laughs> we, we get Sean here. It says, um, you were, uh, Okay, no, we sorry, Gus. Gus, I love this line. You're going to propose, and you aren't going to tell your oldest, blackest friend. Your oldest and blackest friend. Right. That's the key there. Like right. the pots, yeah. your oldest and blackest friend. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And then, and then uh, Shaw goes. You know, if I do ever propose to Jules, I want her on one side and you on the other, as a killer whale leaps over our heads and grabs a mackerel. That storybook right, right there. It, 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 and but the way he says that at storybook right there, you can tell no, he's not having it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just thought that was a nice little like story continuation because it does really play uh, a significant role, like that sort of overarching, you know, plot line for the rest of this season and and into next as things unfold with, with Sean and Jules. And so then we get to the museum scene, and this is where it feels clunky, right? Because you go you go right from the office to Sean getting his hand stuck in a or having his hand stuck in a crate like there needed to be a better transition there. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there should have been a, just a call saying, oh, oh, they got a new shipment at the museum. Right. Something si simple like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just bam, you right at the museum. Sean's, you, you know, Sean's got his, you know, elbow up in some crates trying to fish something out. And the camera zooms in on his his GPS. We've never seen Sean wear a fucking watch. All of a sudden he's wearing this. Big that is explained ass. though. It, it it is, but like whatever. Okay, yeah. But he's in there trying to fish out. He thought there was candy in there. I I would have hushy bar. In his defense, he thought it was one of those fancy salted chocolates. Right, right, right. And so he's in there, and he's ah, he's trying to get his arm out. And we get it. We you know we get a nice little back and forth between Sean and Gus arguing. Why it should have been you that stuck your arm in there. You guys were slenderer. Slenderer. And then, and then he pulls his arm out. The watch pops off. Wildly convenient, right? And you this you—I don't mind that. You kind of need that. And then, I they, know, they but give this, the explanation. I don't, I don't hate all of this. Yeah, but I think this, to me, just goes in larger part to the lazy overall laziness of the episode. Uh, so the museum, we get introduced to the museum curator, uh, you know, Christopher Holm, Chris and, uh, Chris Helm, and uh, he's having 
uh, he is not impressed with Sean or Gus whatsoever. And Literally. I love that, <laughs> that, 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 that they're like, well, you know, we discovered the T-Rex, right? And, you know, they got the, he's like, I, I don't, I don't give a shit, you know? You know, they got my name wrong on the plaque. <laughs> <laughs> First, it said uh, Bruton Gaster. Then it said Brutal Hustler. He doesn't want him to change it. I got right. it. Like, that, like, little back and forth right there. You can call me brutal. Like, that's yeah. fucking unbelievable. That's yeah. great. Like, there's great, there's great, like, again, like, those little back and forths we get here, you know, are, are good. And I think that's one of the things that, that Steve Franks is really good at. Uh, but we, we learned that there's a Renoir, a Van Gogh, a Degas, and other historical artifacts, you know, in this. He pronounced the shit out of those things. <laughs> you like that? I like Degas. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Degas. Degas. Oh, Degas. I got Renoir, you know, and uh, Van Gogh correctly. <laughs> um, you know, Degas. Degas. That's like a that's, that's like a bird saying. Yeah, no, it's like a bird. What a bird rappers. It's yeah. Degas. Right. <laughs> you, you hear the new Degas, Degas. Uh, mixtape? Uh, <laughs> so he's like, all right, you guys want to stay here? Fine. You're, you're, you're being reassigned to watching this wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they're just standing outside. Uh, they're watching this wall. And all of a sudden there's a, there's a random uh, mugging. And uh, Sean springs into action. This is one of my favorite parts of this episode because he goes, hey, get your damn hands off her. And Gus goes, you can't just point back to the future, Adam. And that's such a great fucking reference. That yeah. kills me. That is like, because it's it's perfect psychness. It's 80s. It's on point. It's, yeah. it's Sean. And they're doing a lot of 80s movies in this episode. But that is by far, in a way, like one of their better uses of just a straight up reference and acknowledging it instantly to like, kind of underplay it but also like highlight it i just thought that was brilliant yeah because because it, it, it worked too it wasn't random and out of nowhere no I, mean, I love the random out of nowhere ones but like everything about it you know fit you know just hey right. get your damn hands <laughs> <laughs> so then they chase after him they sean scares the muggers off um and oh we it, get the references to karate lessons <laughs> oh yeah yeah we get the call back to the karate lessons but i i this is another instance where they didn't hire the right actress because, like, it was real. This, this scene was like, it, I think it maybe was purposely awkward because Sean was sort of acting awkward right from the beginning of the episode with his interaction mm-hmm. with Gus and all that. But like, it's just they, they didn't. These two didn't really gel. I mean, she's know? not Lindsay Lycan, but she's not great, right? And um, but there was like some good, like some good things here, you know, uh, where. <laughs> <laughs> where Sean goes, I think what this woman here is trying to say is suck it, Gus. It's <laughs> fucking fantastic. You know, because, you know, because he's, you know, whatever the, the, the dialogue was between the two, like Sean was completely misconstruing. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <Stay honest. laughs> yeah. Which was great. And then all of a sudden we get this big explosion at the loading dock that Sean and Gus were supposed Should've to be watching. watching. And they would have and- died, by the way. Yeah, they would have died. <laughs> and here and here's the other thing, right? Like that explosion, again, this is a nitpick, but still this bugged the shit out of me. That explosion and that truck driving out of there happened real fast. Mm-hmm. Right? And they were supposed to load the fucking So you're telling me that the the truck was in there with this specific crate already loaded, ready to go, ready to fly through that uh you know hole in the wall that quickly like it was kind of weird too because if you think about it logistically and again you know you gotta suspend disbelief for tv and movies i get that but that crate was on the ground yeah so that means a truck drove in there whether they stole it from there then they loaded a giant crate into there put explosives on inside or out of the wall blew it up and drove out yeah like meanwhile sean and gus can't even fucking fish a chocolate bar out of the goddamn crate without Mm -hmm. someone seeing them right like so Mm, I get I'm willing to I'm willing to suspend disbelief when I'm thoroughly engaged and uh, being entertained. And, mm-hmm. and, and that has yet to happen, you know, so far. Um, and then, in the episode, not in the show. Right. And then bam, <laughs> we get, right, right, right. and then bam, we get the opening credits. I think that was the quickest, like in a cue, while 
yeah, that we got it in some time. So we're at the station. Uh, you know, Chris Holm is fucking furious. He says, I want them jailed. And I love this. As much as we'd like to, we cannot put someone in jail just for being an idiot. Lassie was pretty good. Lassie was probably the second best guy in this episode. Yeah. And, uh, you know, such such a great classic Lassie line. And then, uh, (laughs) Sean, you can no more, uh, you can no more do that than I can suppress my heroic instincts or Gus can control his bladder during intercourse. Oh, that's disgusting. That's not true. It's conjecture. That was an actual, like from, from, from Jules, her reaction to that, like, it was perfect mm-hmm. because a part of me feels like that line wasn't scripted <laughs> and like that might've been like a natural yeah. reaction because it was just the, the ew, was so perfect on that. Uh, and the way fucking Gus looks at him, like fucking what the no, bro. <laughs> you know? A really good one. I saw the other day that was like not even ad libbed, but it was his like real reaction was Leo DiCaprio's reaction in inglorious bastards to the flamethrower. And oh, he was just I like, and then he's like, ah, oh, this is just so freaking hot. Huh? Is there anything we can do about this? Yeah. And the other actor, to his credit, didn't break character. And he's like, nah, it's a flamethrower. <laughs> and he called him <laughs> by like his name in the movie. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Oh, man. So, right. And then all of a sudden, Sean has the, the epiphany of the realization. He goes, oh, shit, that's right. Um, well, he doesn't say this out loud, but he realizes he goes, the the GPS watch is in the crate. We can, we can fucking track this thing and he can use Mm -hmm. it to his, you know, a psychic advantage. Um, so we get one of these sort of office station office, like quick, you know, cutback scenes to Mm -hmm. and forth. Um, so Gus is, they're at the office and Gus is trying to, to, to ping the watch, but he's not having any luck, but we're supposed to believe now that Sean was able to get a hold of, uh, Despero, you know? Like, eh, okay. Well, it's a little convenient. He's in town for his trial, right? Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's anyways. Well, he's uh, an art thief. He'd probably make bail. Yeah, right. But apparently, he doesn't have any money to his name, which they explain later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you enter Despero, which which we all love. So you're like, okay, all right, we're gonna be cooking this episode. Uh, but you're immediately thinking, what's Despero's? End game. We've yeah, what's seen, his goal? We've seen this enough to know that we're gonna we're gonna get an okie doke here, you know, mm-hmm. with Despero. Um, so now we're back at the station. The curator's talking about Yerdin, the man who uh, owned the yeah. collection that was that was stolen. Um, and it was stipulated in his will that this art be displayed at the Santa Barbara Museum of Art. Um, and they have some up big upcoming show, you know, for it. Um, and back now we're back at the station. I mean, back at the office again. And Gus is like, Nope, Despero did it right. And that's how mm-hmm. Gus is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Despero is using some fancy high tech device to track the GPS. Great. Um, so again, a lot, a lot of convenient stuff, but again, this is stuff I'm willing to overlook if you know the overall episode. Yeah, I mean, I think a it's a little better. like, um, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. Once you see how it ends, you're like, hey. Yeah, but if they I, finish strong, I would probably be fine with all of this stuff. But since it like kind of stumbles to yeah. the end, you're like, eh. yeah, you notice it, more holes that way. Right. And the ending just makes it all worse because by the time you actually get there, you kind of forget all this stuff because you're just, you're just like, okay, like, because it does mildly engage you to a point. Like, there is that mm-hmm. kind of that thrill of the hunt. And then it just like, you know, um, but anyways, uh, so now, boom, we're at the side of the crate. And I love this because you see Sean, he's got a whip and he's got, uh, you know, he's, oh, got, he's jonesed up. Oh, yeah. He's jonesed up. He's he's uh, rizzed up. Right. As the kids would say, he's, mm-hmm. he's got that Indiana riz. Um, I probably did not use that correctly <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I made Billy laugh and that's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> and so Gus is like, you look stupid. And Sean just goes, you're just jealous because there's no black dudes and Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I fucking, I, I fucking love that line. I, I forgot about it. And I just always, that always like struck me as funny. Um, and then Gus knocking his hat off. We're just like. Good well, phys- it, there was good physical comedy with them in this. Yeah. Cause it, what I loved about it is he says, it, and then Gus just very nonchalantly knocks it off his head. And Sean goes, that's beneath you. Like I love like that, that little sequence there was great. Um, and then from this point on is where things start to, um, 
go downhill a bit. So they're in this warehouse, right? The, the, they, they see, you know, across from where they're still from their vantage point is a group of people. And there's a woman in there and Sean recognizes her uh, as the woman that he rescued uh, from the beginning of the episode from the mugging. Uh, and it turns out that she is a criminal mastermind. She is the one behind the theft uh, but they're not interested in the paintings. No, no, no. They're they're interested in some uh, rusty old knife. Um, and at this point, we learn about the core collection. Yes, the the Yurden uh, core collection that he you know stored somewhere on his property. And that dagger we realize later is a key. Yeah, to the whole thing. But I agree. This part is kind of for me where it went off the rails a little bit because. It's not that I don't buy her just because she's a woman. It's I don't buy her because there's nothing like there's no oomph behind her. You know, there's a crew of two guys. It's yeah, right. Like, and sorry, it, go ahead. It, it just it just seems like they didn't put enough effort into making her this big bad. Where if like Despero knows her, she should have a little more like oomph. Right. Her. So, so it just struck me. What's the uh, uh, the episode there with Strabinsky, right? And and you've got you know the female character in that episode. Like yeah. they used the cold open in that episode to give you a backstory of the woman, mm-hmm. right? I think what would have made this episode better, and this is just off the top of my dome uh, in the moment, is that they should have used a cold open to introduce her in some way or f- shape or form. Right. You you then don't need the whole mugging scene to introduce her. Mm-hmm. Right. You could what what they should have done, used to cold open to introduce her. Then you've got Sean and Gus at the museum. Maybe they're looking at, you know, maybe they're doing what they're doing, and it's not particularly the crate that's being stolen. But as uh, you know, Christopher Holm is talking to them and maybe escorting them out through the front of the museum, then we get a just a random boom. There's been a there's been a museum theft, right? And you do it that way. So you kind of know who she is. So when they get to the warehouse, it's like, boom, oh, I recognize her from the cold open. For and you get a little bit of her origin and maybe it elevates her a little bit. Yeah, it was like damsel in distress and no like subtle hint at her being anything but that so it's right. out of place right uh, but i mean we're really picking nits here but well I we think- gotta pick nits because yeah. uh, it's it, it, it's hard it's easier to pick nits in this episode than it is to to, to fluff Highlight. up all the yeah. good stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and so so the core color so this is this is but this started to give me some like national treasure vibes right like okay there's there's this thing they're after and there's gonna there's gonna be a cat and mouse game coming um and so uh let's see lassie is really uh gloating at sean's uh defeat uh jules is being uncharacteristically needy refresh me of this scene here because i'm uh i'm I'm drawing a bit of a blank right what's the scene so they're at the warehouse Mm -hmm. uh they just they learn about the core uh, core oh okay despero gives them the 411 they kind of spot him and then despero pulls like the we're not trapped and he pulls like a batman move and he's out of there and yeah, then yeah, Gus yeah. and him are trailing them, and then they get in different boats. Right, right, right. And so, yeah, because this is uh, this is so. <laughs> there's like this whole sort of escape scene here, and there's a funny little moment with Sean trying to use the whip to to swing and glide. <laughs> um, and but this, <laughs> but this is where we get the um, the, the, the the Gus. Semen. Well, we get we get the semen, uh, but we also get the three the three phones, right? Oh uh, my god. Where where okay, then, okay. part time show. I, I've on, got Sean. it, I've got it here. So Sean wants to call it in, right? Uh well he wants to read a text from Jules. Right. Well, that's he wants what to is. call it in, then he's gonna read a text from Jules and then and he goes, This is this is not the time, right? And then uh he goes basically you're just jealous because you no no one's calling you. Right, right. And okay, now I know because they're at the station because you're getting this back and forth between Jules and Lassie where Jules is like, I haven't heard from Sean. Do you think mm-hmm. Sean's okay? I've never gone this long without talking with Sean before unless rolling his eyes. And this is why I wrote down Jules was being sort of uncharacteristically needy. And then we see Sean seeing the text from her. Oh, I should mm-hmm. respond. And Gus is like, no, it's not the fucking time. Right. Or he can't find his phone. He wants to use his gut, whatever it is. And this is what we get. if I had my phone, my celly would be blowing up right now. I got three player phones, one for each part time shorty. Right. Uh, and as this is going on, 
right? Despero is now he's gone. Stuck he stuck in and fucking stole the decker. Yeah, he somehow made it all the way across, you know, this uh warehouse and they were they were high up there. Hmm. Uh made it across, got the dagger unseen, comes back and he's got it. Uh and now they've got to make this escape and this is where we get the whip. They go down and now like Despero says, "Okay, you guys go on without me. Meet me back at the boat and we'll take off." Mm-hmm. Right? And so some some high jinks and I do I do love this scene here where Sean and Gus are trying to get the boat started and they can't mm-hmm. fucking figure it out. And then you see Despero just going by in a different boat with his hands up in the air going, uh, guys, uh, we, we gotta fucking go. And this this was a, a great little bit of, of, of comic relief because this is this is where we get the fucking semen joke that just absolutely floored the both of us. <laughs> where he said, We're okay. semen, Sean. Yeah, stop saying that. Anyone could be walking by. Like, I love how Sean was like super embarrassed by that. Um, and then so we get this like sort of like elaborate boat chase scene, which eh, it's, it's a they're in boats. Boats don't have great. It's a pretty trick. bad explosion, too. It's yeah. like copy paste explosion from but it's, like, internet. But it's better than um, last it's not be- explosion. Uh, it's on par, honestly, because there's two explosions in this one as well. Because oh, there's yeah. the explosion at the museum where it also explodes like through the fucking roof, too. Yeah, right. So it's it's not great. <laughs> right. And there's another like costuming thing in this episode. We'll get to it when we get there, obviously. Ooh, I but can't wait to hear this. It's outrageously bad. Yeah. So this boat, you know, boat chase scene where, you know, uh, Medeiros and her, her two you know lackeys are with her and uh, they, they, you know, Despero's boat runs out of gas. He needs to fucking make an escape. You know, uh, he's got to, he's got to get out of there. So he like looks down at the gas line. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden you just, you see this explosion, mm-hmm. Medeiros, them take off. And then, you know, Lassie and Jules, everyone, you know, the police department shows up, Sean and Gus saunter in as if like, Oh, like. We heard the news. What's going on? And that's where they find out that Despero is dead. But Sean, because he is so, you know, he's so death, you know, sensitive, you know, uh, doesn't believe it. He refuses to believe it. And Lassie just like, he's like, hey, but hey, yeah, he's he's dead. You know, good job. You know, uh, thank you. You know, because I'm glad he's dead kind of thing, you know. And uh, this is where Sean's like, no, no, no. I, I, I you know. You know, I don't believe it. Yeah, this is where the episode they kind of stress Sean's fear of death a little, just a little too much. I liked they went in for the character development on it, but it felt like a little too much. And then I believe the next scene is them at their office with the yeah. lawyer giving the will. Yeah. Um, so it's just it doesn't feel smooth. Yeah. Like as I've said, I think before in this podcast. My teacher taught me you want to flow down the river, not bump down the stairs. Like scene to scene, we're kind of bumping down the stairs here. Yeah, 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 big time. And this this wasn't a bad little scene with the you um, oh lawyer. I like it with with the lawyer and reading the last will and testament of Pierre Desparro. And Gus is like, nope, nope, nope. We can't accept it. We can't accept it until he learns that you know Desparro has left them uh, a large sum of money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's all about it and. And and so I love Sean. Like grabs a piece of packing material and he goes, um, "I'm I'm going to keep this." And he goes, "That's that's packing material. Goes, you have your value system. I have mine, right?" Um, but we learned that his assets were frozen uh, and admits that they were on the verge of losing the case. Yeah, because Sean thinks he's going to be acquitted, and he's like, "Nah, we weren't yeah. close, buddy." Shut your drunk mouth. <laughs> That's a good his delivery of that's too good too. Which was absolutely fantastic. And then this is where Sean this is where Sean really gets the inkling uh that Despero is still alive because he's like, Oh, you guys were losing crafty days. minks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so like Sean knows Despero better than anybody. Sean, I think, knows Despero better than Despero uh knows himself. Uh, but one of the stipulations in the will and testament was that Sean deliver um the eulogy. And so we get another great little scene because it involves our friend Woodrow, which like he comes, obviously he's been in play more earlier in the season. We get him a little more later in one of our favorite episodes coming up with whip mm-hmm. Chatterley cream. Was it? No, but <laughs> I do love the P 
Pierre Despero causing <laughs> diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Blown to smithereens. Like, yeah. like, I fucking love Kurt Fuller. He could not be any more perfect. And he's really small in this episode, but he's great. He is. And so I love when, when Sean gets there. He's like, Woody, I need to see Despero's remains. And he did, right without skipping a beat, he goes, I can't sell them to you, Sean. I'm kind of on probation for that sort of thing. Right? Like, we've, like, off the rails, Woody is the absolute best, uh, best Woody. And I love when he goes to pull his remains. He opens up the, uh, you know, the, the, the freezer door there. And uh, his remains are in a baggie next to a Heineken. i didn't pick up the first few times i watched it and then i'm like oh look at that and uh he's like there's not much there you know and so sean is like he's now more than convinced that despero is not dead what he's like no dude i'm telling you like the dna matches you know so offer sean the heineken yeah oh yeah it's right (laughs) that's the best part and then he goes it's 9 a.m somewhere right (laughs) fucking they pack so much into his little scenes. It's the best. And I and I, I wonder how much of that is just Kurt Fuller being Kurt Fuller and just but like it's fucking brilliant because we talk about execution. Like Sean, like everyone on, on this show, when they execute their lines and their jokes and everything, it's it's damn near perfect, especially mm-hmm. with Sean and, and and Woody. So now we're at the church, and I love this. Sean's yeah, Sean's uh giving his eulogy, and it starts off like I thought it was great. And then Henry shows up with a folder, hands it to him, and it says, you know, DNA match. Mm-hmm. And kind of heartbreaking, yeah, if we're bit. being honest here. A little heartbreaking. Um, and it says that my dad always says, help me with my pants as I cannot control my bowels. <laughs> so this is the thing I kind of wanted to nitpick when he's, you know, at the funeral. Uh, no, this is actually before. This is right before he gets the DNA in the coroner's office. Then we go to the church, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me set the scene for that. Sean is in the worst fitting suit jacket, shirt, and tie mm, yes. I've ever seen. He looked like our guy, Nick Fryer, on his <laughs> first ever ESPN hit for DraftKings. He looked ridiculous. Like, I don't know what the style was at the time. But suits, jackets, and ties and shirts have never been meant to fit that ill. Like it looked, he looked ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? Like, if I was on set that day, just like if I was on set the day of Nick Fry's first thing, I would have stopped. I would have taken him to get a haircut and I would have walked him across the street to Nordstrom Rack, both <laughs> of them, because he looks like an idiot. And you're at a funeral. Like, I know he's like Sean and yeah. he's only worn a tie maybe like once or twice in the whole show. But like, come on! Like, got to be a little cleaner. A little yeah, cleaner. you get you get a tie, especially for Sean, who in the early parts of of the show's history fashioned himself as a as a as a fashionista, if you will. Well, well bones. put together, yeah, yeah. black and tan. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's when we get you know the it's the evolution of Sean, which goes from too cool Sean to to fat to fat Sean, um, where Thanks, he Sean. just. Thick, thick Sean, where he just sort of, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to shame anyone. Where he just sort of, like, the character kind of reverses, you know, at that point. Uh, but I love when he says, uh, "I cannot control my bowels," and Henry just goes, "I, I don't say that." <laughs> and so then he gives his, you know, he finishes up his eulogy. He's around back the church, well, and, and the whole time he's thinking that like Despero's in the casket. Yeah, right. And he's like, eh, "Yeah, and if you're behind the bushes over there, or you know," um, but how he's sad not- is this? Right. Uh, but then we get, you know, he's accosted by, you know, Jacqueline and her stooges and she wants to know where the dagger is. And Sean's like, I don't, I don't have the dagger, you know, and like, it's getting kind of serious. And then like, here comes Henry Jules and Lassie and, and she bolts. And this like, is where I don't like it. Cause it seems yeah. like too convenient. Like, Oh, that's her. Go get her. Also quick aside. And then they can't I, go get her. No, <laughs> she's right there. I do believe too that this is the same like funeral burial site as the Scrubs episode where Doctor Cox's slash Jordan's brother brother in law dies. It looks like the exact same setup, but that's just a quick aside. But this to me is really like a even like you know the um the scene where Despero steals the dagger, kind of like eh, like the interaction between them there 
it doesn't give the right weight and feel to the episode. So I feel it's a little off and this is really, the next scene's actually hilarious, but this is, and you know, actually the next, there's two other scenes that are pretty hilarious, but like, I don't like this plot point and the way it played out. They, they should have showed or hinted Sean actually snagging the key, uh, the dagger from mm-hmm. Desperado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Cause he just miraculously like everyone leaves and Sean's like, I, <laughs> well, I got it. the dagger. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And so then, like, him and Gus start going at it because Sean wants to pursue the core collection, uh, but Gus won't let him. He's like, no, no, we got to return that. Like, you know, they're coming after us, right? We, I don't, you know, want that shit. And then I, I do love this is some great physical. You mentioned earlier the physical comedy in this episode was great. This is one of those scenes where just uh, they're slapping the shit out of each other. Want to bumble with the pee? <laughs> I fucking love that. That's line. a great line. And then also, and then, real quick. It's another, I don't want to say it's another terrible, like, stunt double, but there's a scene where, like, he's picking him up from behind oh, and, yeah. like, flipping him, and it clearly isn't Gus. Oh, clearly. At least to me, it's clearly not Gus. Like, he's, like, bigger, stronger, and has, like, a different head shape. Right. But maybe like that's, like... Idris Id- Id- Elba out there. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it looked like not Gus, but maybe it was, and he just looked extra buff in that angle, but to me, I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like him. But... That physical comedy scene was great. Like the slaps, the <laughs> he puts him in the cabal clutch. Like, right? Did did Gus deliver a fucking roundhouse kick? He did, but again, like it was not delivered well enough where it wouldn't be Gus. Like it wasn't like a, a like a ridiculous Owen Hart like spinning heel kick where it looked good. It still looked kind of crappy, but again, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, is that Gus? But it was like yeah. that scene was great. I will slug you in the face cartilage, Sean. It's great. Which was great. So in, in the skirmish, the dagger goes flying, mm-hmm. and it appears as though it breaks. And when they pick it up, it actually uh, is in the shape of a key. The 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 actual blade of the dagger was just a sheath, uh, you know, for the key. So now uh, they're like, oh shit, there there really might be a core collection here. This the story really might be true. So they head to the museum, um, and the curator. Uh, is talking about, you know, so they're, they're asking, you know, Christopher Holmes uh, about the core collection, what he knows about it. Maybe they can glean something about how, you know, the dagger, the key, you know, where it might, you know, where the keyhole might be for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure point key. It's a pressure point key. That, that's a sexy design for a key. Um, and so he mentions that your state has keyholes like that. Like, how the fuck would you know that there's fucking keyholes like that? I don't know. Like, all right, so the so this guy just walking around with a dagger, you know, to open up his front door. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, so now we get to Yurden's estate, and we're at the 30 minute mark here. And so this is you know, technically the show is what 45 minutes long, or whatever. So we're well past the halfway point here, and it, it, things really get rushed. And this is like where the episode fucking disintegrates is right here. I mean, there was a lot of shit before but this is like where it just fucking melts and so but what i did like was sean the physical comedy of sean just taking the fucking key and stabbing it into random crevices you know and um, our lady there was tremendous with her she little, she was tremendous just she, talking down to everyone i really enjoyed i like a mean girl and like she yeah she, she hit that spot she she really did and uh yeah we you know there were, there were, there were, there was something there. Um, but again, Sean stabbing everything and there's it kind of striking out. And then <sighs> the, the, the tour is ending. They're sitting outside the bench, ready to kind of give up. And Sean looks down, um, and sees that there's a hole, there's a slit in the stone bench that he's sitting mm-hmm. in. So he stabs it. And what we see as the viewer, but Sean and Gus don't see, is that, um, the, the, well, they, what they see is the fountain, the water in the fountain that's in front of them stops. But behind them, there's like a flower bed where the top slides open. They don't necessarily know that at first. And Sean's, you know, just sort of stabbing the key in and out, in and out. Um, and then, um, it, it, so this, this, is, this is one of the huge fuck grabs I had at the time. And it still bugs the shit out of me now. Right, you put the the key in the keyhole there. The water stops, and the and the garden bed opens. I don't I'm think a, it's a garden bed. I think it's a coffin. A coffin, whatever the hell it is. Right, it opens as soon as he takes that key out. The water comes back on. So you would think that the door closes again, right? 
Um, and so they get caught doing that. The lady freaks out, kicks them out. So you you would you would have thought that she would have taken the goddamn key with her, not just left left this thing stabbed in the in the bench. So as they're leaving, Sean notices that holy shit, that coffin or whatever, there's an opening there. Mm-hmm. Let's go, right? And so, uh, so they get there, they go in. It leads to leads to a crypt, and there's a whole. There's the, bear with me here because there's a whole bunch of shit I got a problem with here, and I'm gonna fucking tell you about it. <laughs> so, so they get in there, and I'm like, "Holy smokes!" There's a crypt, and there's this like lever system, and there's this this wall that looks like there's a, supposed to be something there. And as the, Sean and Gus are talking, all of a sudden, there, there, uh, here, here comes Mierdro, Mierdro, whatever Jacqueline, but she's by herself the entire fucking episode. She's got her goons with her. Why wouldn't she have brought her goons with her? Why, why is she going to go on a one-on-two scenario when these guys have eluded her? The entire time she goes down there by herself, she's got to make up points. She says, Open it up. So Sean's, Oh, okay. And there wasn't any, any even like clue faces on how to open up the thing. He just pulls a fucking lever and then the thing opens. And as this little wall panel opens, there's a sign there that says, Look behind you. And then here comes Despero to knock the lady out. So, hey, how did Despero get there before them if they had, if Sean and Gus had the fucking key? How did he, he know? Probably he probably snuck in when they opened it originally, maybe. That know. wasn't a big space. You would have heard him. You would have seen agree. him. Right? Um, how would he why would he have put a sign there? We know Despero. He would have just fucking stolen it and taken off, and he never would have fucking seen him again. But he puts a sign that look behind you like he's gonna anticipate. Well, he didn't he didn't know where the actual treasure once was. I do love that he kind of like um Harry from uh, Home Alone and oh no 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 the South Bend uh, South Bend shovel slayer from Home Alone and just fucking whacks her with the shovel right. <laughs> or whatever it was right that- I did like that um, but yeah like this whole like scenario there's not a lot of like stakes weight like grounded Zero. gravity to that thing where it's like it's all making unbelievable. sense unbelievable yeah it's all just kind of like ah uh, we only got like. Four minutes left. We got to do this quick. Yeah. Which I get. Which I get. Right. So then they get out of there. And so, like, th- there was an urn, but there was nothing in the. It was the. It was an actual urn full of ashes. Mm-hmm. So they go, like, okay, well, if the urn with his ashes is here, what's in his actual, uh, you know, monument that's erected for his, his, mm-hmm. his, his, his big, you know, tombstone? So then they get there and then they, they break through fucking granite. Really fucking easily. <laughs> it looked in. It looked in. Yeah, and and then they pull out this big burlap sack, and it's got you know five or six paintings in it, and they're they're apparently Yurden's uh, you know, personal uh, personal collection of shitty art, um, and like all of this was way too fucking easy, uh, and there was such a fucking letdown. Like that's it. All of this just for some shitty fucking art. What we do get here is is Despero is kind of looking at one, you know, looking at the paintings, you know, like bully straggy. Yeah. Um, And then that, and then, and then that's it. Right. So now we get, you know, back at the office, uh, Despero informs Gus that they won't be getting any of the money because as soon as the money is released, because they all think he's dead, it's going to go into their account for two seconds. And then it's going to go to an offshore account somewhere on the Canary Islands. And uh, and he's gonna you know walk away with all that money, um, and then that and then they kind of make you know you know they part ways, and then we go to the station where Lassie and Jewel reveal that um, all five paintings of the core collection were found. But Sean goes, weren't weren't there six? And then it cuts to Despero in some room. He's got one of Yearn's paintings, and he's spraying it, and he's wiping it down. Um, and uh, behind it is a Rembrandt. Right, which is which mm-hmm. we're led to assume is probably worth worth millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. So, like when it comes to the real, there was no who or how or why. It was just you know, Despero figured out that one of this dude's paintings was actually you know a, a, a secret Rembrandt. It was almost a little bit like the other episode you didn't really like with Juliet's dad, where the guest star kind of undercut the original thieves. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that was executed and, better than this was. Like that was a good twist, you know. Despite as much I didn't twist. like that episode, but mm-hmm. like, and I, I get the idea. Like, 
you you can you, there's a there's a bunch of red hair red herrings here, but like the execution was just like they just went. Eh, we got to get an episode out this week. You know, a little bit. I don't disagree with that. I mean, and you know, you know, and, and I'm not exactly in the same biz, but you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So that that is that's the episode. So Billy, let's uh, let's hit that button, baby. Ooh, give me a second. I wasn't ready. <laughs> that's what she said. Okay, tonight. Okay, tonight. You're red hot. Uh, Thundercats, oh baby. So, like, we do have some moments that you know we enjoyed, right? The last oh, yeah. of Despero, uh, the scene with Woody, of course. Um, nine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I wrote funeral eulogy church, but it really was just the eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, Spencer, worst eulogy ever. <laughs> that is pretty good. And then the Gus and Sean Donnybrook. Hmm? Absolutely. You bit me. What is wrong with you? Um, and then I did love the feisty uh, museum curator. Yeah. Or whatever yeah, she was. Tour yeah. guide. She was great. Um, but that's strictly, you know, like because we're 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 two um you know, we're two uh, red blooded males who like that sort of thing. Um uh, least memorable moments, uh the fucking end was terrible. I mean really the, the I would have given this episode a slightly higher grade had it not ended so fucking poor. The Jacqueline Madero stuff overall was poor. Yeah. Uh, favorite characters. I think it's pretty obvious. We both have the same here. Who you got? Uh, it, it's got to be Sean. Yeah, I mean, he was, exactly. again, as Sean as you can be. I did think Lassie did a nice job. Gus had yeah. some good moments. But everybody else was kind of Despero. His next episode, I know some people don't like it. You probably don't remember it because it's season eight. But I think the next Despero episode where it's like Lockstock. No, it's not Lockstock. It's a it's a Harry Potter-ish episode with also like heist episode all yeah. into one. And I love that episode. So it's a good redemption episode for Despero. But out of, I believe there's four Despero episodes. This is by far the worst. You'll be proud of Megan because it's like, oh, yeah, three Despero. She goes, no, there's four. Good for her. And she goes, yeah. She goes, you better get on your shit. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, season seven and eight, you're going to love because you probably haven't seen it in a while. Uh, Well, so Nestle has been texting me about about Psych. And he goes, season eight, I didn't care for it. He wasn't a big fan of season eight. And so I I was like, well, I don't don't remember season eight because I think I've only watched it the once through. But um, I love that we got Nestle Nestle on the show. He's he's, he's oh, a big I can't fan. wait for him to be on the end of the well, like, I will say real quick, lock stock, some smoking barrels, and Burton Guster's goblet of fire. Mm-hmm. So they do go back to the lock stock and two toasted bagels from the episode where Gus gets blood on him. Uh yeah. that's the name of the the, the bagel place. Seas is one of my all-time favorite episodes. Uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Remake sucks. Someone's yeah. got a Woody kind of sucks. Cogblock is one of the most watched episodes I've ever seen. Um, Sean and Gus truck things up. Another all-timer. Touch of Sweevil is fantastic. And then the 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 finale we both love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so season eight's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really, like, I'm really looking forward to our program you know, over the next year, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be watching these episodes, some of them fresh for, eyes like, with real, real fresh eyes. So I, I, I'm, it's a joy to mm-hmm. think about that. Um, not a ton of quotes. You know, we, we've talked about some, I've had yeah. uh, 11 Kung Fu lessons. You've been to four, missed six and slept through the last one. I, I was meditating. <laughs> oh, uh, could you put a price on your own father without $387,000? <laughs> Love that. Ooh, Labradoodle. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Just like I don't know. Ooh, Labradoodle. Yeah. Uh, I will be there front row and I'll and I'll start the wave if need be. Um, so that that's really it for Thundercats Ho Billy. Let's let's uh, let's bring this puppy home, shall we? Boom, boom, boom. Muffins. Um, there was uh, apparently a pineapple doodle on the chalkboard. I guess so. Yep. Um, no real descriptions of Lassie's. Oh, Gus, don't be a Lu Shang. Um, that's an Indiana Jones reference. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Gus' nickname, a brutal hustler. Oh, f- fucking fantastic. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Henry father, Dick of the year moment. There really wasn't one. Uh, he like told him about the death, I guess. and was trying to be like a real pat. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the obscure references were pretty good. Uh, a lot of back to a lot of Indiana Jones, back to the future, Batman, Jeff Goldblum, David Reed Ross, 127 hours, which I could never bring myself to watch, but same. I still haven't, I still haven't no. watched it. I've heard it's really good, but, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, rating. I gave it a 5.8. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same ballpark. I could go 5.8. I can go 6. I went 5.5 just because it's not that it wasn't enjoyable. It just like it's when a really good when a psych fun. episode is good, everything is good, right? The yes. plot's good, the characters are all good. There's a good guest star maybe or a good hook and, you know, the comedy's off the charts. Yeah. Yeah, and everything was kind of like meh. Yeah, like a few spikes. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. But overall, just it just like I said, had the ending been tighter, mm-hmm. I probably would have given this a six, mm-hmm. maybe a six point two. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but like I, I'm more inclined to go the five point five route than you know. I'm gonna. You know, I would be more inclined to bump down than than bump up. Uh, but that's you know, hey, nothing's perfect. Even 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 Ted Williams struck out every now and then, right? As uh, uh Juliet once said about the uh, Mickey Mantle uh, fifty six game pit streak, I believe Lou Boudreau fielded the ball cleanly. That's right. <laughs> so with that, Billy, come on, son, come on, son, get out of here with that ball. Come on, son. <laughs> what is next week's episode, my friend? It is Here's Lassie, which is an episode that is unique. It's a very... Um, this is with a big show, right? No, I don't believe... Oh, no. Uh, I, that, I, I'm thinking of... I think uh, the big show's in like one of the movies, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's in one of the episodes, but I think it, it's season eight. This is... I forgot. This is... Um, is this is the, the the Shining, right? Uh, yeah, I was just trying. How could I not think? I might actually watch The Shining also in concert with this because it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. I also saw a Simpsons, like it was like an eight slide Instagram of like parodies of uh, like Simpsons, like in specific scenes from The Shining. And like that to me, that Jaws, Get Out, Scream 1 are probably my favorite horror movies because I'm not a big horror guy, but I think all of those are... Uh, Scream is like a slasher movie, but like they're thrillers. And this is like... The first time I saw this one, it made me uncomfortable. Lassie plays a great freak. You know, it's really, really fun. So I thoroughly enjoyed this episode the first time I saw it. And it's one of the ones I don't go back to rewatch. I'll never skip it, but I do really like this episode. Yeah, I, I I can't because I've watched this one a few times. I can't, but it's been a while, so I can't wait to go back and and rewatch it. And, and like you, I I love The Shining because I'm not a big horror scary guy. I, I'll read uh, horror comics till the cows mm-hmm. come home, but like movies, I can't. But this one's good because this The Shining kind of gets your heart pumping. But um, speaking of Carrie's, um, cops are fucking flying by my house. I hope it's got nothing to do with my fucking neighbors next door. Um, <laughs> I can that's hear a, it. That's a story for a different day. But uh, Carrie Elson and Saw, and the ending of the first Saw movie is one of the times where I was literally like, at my full jaw absolutely dropped to the floor. Never seen it. Watch it. Watch right. it. Watch it in daylight if you're like me. But like the ending <laughs> of that movie, you're just going to go, what the fuck? And not like, and both like a, what the fuck? But also like a, like almost like a, a brilliance kind of way. Too. Yeah. But, Anyways, uh, this is Psych Podcast. Now, it's it's no longer spooky season. It's now turkey season, baby. So, mm. Billy, where can the people find us? Uh, anywhere they would like, but the Dork Shared Gooniverse Facebook page is probably the best if you want to check out all of the podcasts. That includes uh, Change My Mind. That is your partner's other podcast, and you guys do TLDR. That is a comic book podcast, probably the number one one in the world. Damn and then right. the heavy hitters of the DSG with Dork, and back in goo and then i have a podcast for the next time scream comes out <laughs> we are a scream podcast now maybe some other stuff who knows uh and then streamers will be streaming at maybe whenever uh yeah. everybody 
yeah, I mean, we stream when we podcast, baby. So, you know, there we go. It still counts. All right. So, uh, with that, until next week, William, wait for it. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> and this is where we hit pause and uh, the show notes.